You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Hey, we are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Riddle Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening, as always, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood, everybody. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready for tonight. This is going to be a good show. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to talk about some 2021 projected running back. Let's, we're going to go by ADP, but we'll also discuss values of, of what we uh, – basically what we're going to guess is going to happen. And this, uh, this, this came from, from Rotoviz. I was listening to the Dynasty Command Center. But I think it's uh, – going through this process, Ryan, is something I think every – like not everybody should do, I guess, because not like the whole world is going to do this. But uh, – it, it's, it was a really fun exercise. It really made me think. It's actually way, way harder than I thought. Really hard to do this, Will. And, and I, th- I think it is a good exercise because it, it just forces you to think, you know, well, like in Dynasty terms, right? We play Dynasty, you invest in, in players. And, um, yeah, a lot of times we trade players away. We don't keep them in our rosters very long. But, um, you know, in, in theory, you, you might invest in a player and – um, you want that investment to pay off for you. So what we're kind of doing is looking into our crystal ball and, and trying to identify some guys that we think their value is going to rise significantly next year. I, I think it's a good exercise. Well, and it's fun. We've been recorded for a couple of weeks. We've been busy. Honestly, there hasn't been a lot going on, although we're starting to get more and more news. So there's going to be more to talk about in dynasty. So I am thrilled to be here with you, Will, and we're going to have fun with this exercise. So we're going to tackle the running back position tonight. And I think the early conversation is going to be easy, right? I mean, do we, do, do we want to just jump right into it? Any thoughts about any, any news we've heard? And, you know, um, you know, we want to react to the Darius Geist news, which is kind of old news at this point. Anything else you've heard? Um, or should we just jump right into this, this discussion on 2021 running backs? The, the number one thing I wanted to, to discuss before we dive into this is just the key point. Uh, so at this point in time, there are no running backs over the age of 26 in the top 10 of DLF ADP. I was waiting for my subscription to get activated with my monkey night fight thing locked in. I didn't look at the, the 11 and 12, but in the top 10, no, no running back is over the age of 26 heading into this season. So I tried to use that as a barometer on value moving into 2021, at least to, to, to be willing to take maybe a little bit more risks than how I'm going to rank players. Well, you've got to go all the way down the list to – oh, I just lost it. I shouldn't have switched over. Uh, you've got to go all the way down the list to Melvin Gordon at number 21. He's 27 years old to, to find a guy that's over 26. So, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a younger list. We've, had, we've been blessed, Well, We've had this influx of run, young, younger running backs in the league, um, and, and we, we really have needed that. That'd be at a time when we really needed that in Dynasty – and fantasy football, we got it. So it, it's, it, it, it makes for a fascinating conversation and it's going to be fun, man. I mean, the running back position in particular, we, we, we talked about this many times on the show, uh, you know, th- these guys, their, their value changes so rapidly. Unlike a wide receiver that, that breaks out and is 23 years old and you can confidently invest in that guy maybe for several years, running back position, not so much. Um, you know, we've seen guys like Eddie Lacy, for example, that were, um, you know, uh, you know, running back ones, you know, top 12 on the list and, and they've just, just, just disappear, whether it's injuries or, or, or whatnot. So, um, you know, the running back position I think is key to get right in dynasty and you, you got to know when is a good time to acquire guys and you've got to know when is a good time to get rid of guys because that's, that's so important because we, we've seen it. We saw it with David Johnson last year, right? Um, you know, even though those signs were kind of there, flying high and his, his value just just tanked and that happens all the time so this is an important conversation it's going to be a fun conversation we'll probably be way off on our predi- predictions here but it's going to be fun whoa 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 i want to be spot on i'm pretty sure we're going to be perfect we're going to nail it 100 right no running back one <laughs> well let's let's just start at the top and, and get it out of the way because let's, let's uh, run, yeah run, run through the, the current adp oh okay current adp very well let's take a look so we have at number one, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just go through. So Christian McCaffrey's number one. Uh, we're just talking about running backs here. Saquon Barkley, two. Alvin Kamara, three. Zeke, four. 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire five, Dalvin Cook six, Joe Mixon seven, Nick Chubb eight, Josh Jacobs nine, Jonathan Taylor ten, Miles Sanders eleven, and Derrick Henry number twelve. That's your top twelve running backs um, based on DLF ADP in August. Um, so at the top, Will, you, you and I are pretty much the same. Uh, I think actually we're exactly the same, right? We, we would flip-flop one and two. But essentially, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, uh, they're, they're both younger players. They're, they're both studs. Uh, CMC's 24. Saquon's 23. We think that they're going to hang around for a while. No reason for those guys to they, – they've got all the tools. And in PPR leagues, they – both catch a lot of balls. Um, we flip flop them. I, I I just think that Christian McCaffrey is due for a little bit of regression, and I think Saquon Barkley missed some time last year. I think he's going to bit, bit a, up a big year and reclaim that number one spot. Anything else to add about these two guys? No, and I, I think the first the first two are are, are kind of boring. Uh, yeah, we we've like they like Barkley could go off and have one of these epic seasons. Nobody, I think, would be that surprised at all. No I think way. we were a little bit surprised by how far Christian McCaffrey went off last year. I mean, we were expecting good production, but not, not a, you know, the best running back basically ever in, in our time of playing fantasy. Yeah. So, and I, I don't think he's going to see a big enough fall off. And he's been, he's been healthy. He's on the field all the time. Again, that, that team is set up for him to be on the field all the time again. And he's shown that uh, even with Kyle Allen, that he can be just an elite fantasy producer. So I, I you know, the new coaching staff and new regime coming in, I, I don't see a lot of threats there to, to using him. So I, I, I just, this is, these two are, are pretty safe. Saquon's a little bit younger, you know, drafted a year after. I, I think Saquon's size, speed, uh, intelligence combo, like the way that he is as a running back and a player is so elite that I think he will move ahead of McCaffrey next year. So that, that, that wasn't a hard, like an overly hard choice. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let's move on. I mean, you can't go wrong. If you, if you like CMC over Saquon, uh, we're not going to get any arguments here. I, I think they're both, you know, like kind of like one, a one B we should have ranked them honestly. Um, but, but number three, let's get to number three. Um, who do you have as your number three running back in 2021? And we're predicting ADP, not necessarily what we think, at least that's the way I approached it. I approached it what I think the ADP will be in tw- in August of 2021. So what do yeah, you think, this, Will? Yeah, this was the exercise, was to go through and think how you think these players will be drafted in August of 2021. So you were correct in, in that. And my, mine, is, mine is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, assuming basically that he shows anything this year, uh, his, his value is, is going to balloon. He's already, I mean, he's already the number five running back being drafted right now. So it's not like, it's a, it's a big jump from five to three, but it is, it could be a big jump from, you know, like a super flex league where he's now surpassing some of the quarterbacks. Uh, if he, if he shows that he is an NFL, like a great, I mean, even just a, like an, a, a very good NFL player in that chief's offense, you, you would have no reason not to buy into that. So I, I put him at number three with the draft capital, with that offense. And I, I think he's very talented that what he's been what he did in LSU last year in, in an amazing offense well, now it's again. I, I'm willing to double count the offensive situation a little bit with him, paired with draft capital. Yeah, I have him at number three as well. And, and it was interesting because when I when we did our ranks, we didn't know what each other was ranking. And and I looked and I was like, I, I quickly glanced at your list and I was like, oh, we we both have Clyde Edwards-Helaire number three. That's interesting. But I think you're right. And and I think this is why this is a good exercise, Will, because I've noticed a lot of people that own him have put him on the block in their leagues. And uh, not unlike what we talked about with Kyler Murray last year, we we talked about, you know, it may seem like a high price to pay for Kyler Murray now, but if you want him now, it's probably the time to do it because a year from now, he's going to be much more expensive. And I know there's not a big difference between number five versus number three. Uh, but I, I, I think he's a guy that if you invest in him, you're, you're at least going to be able to get your value back in a year, uh, barring some catastrophic injury or something like that. Uh, but you, you, you never know. You could, you could, you know, be make money on that investment. So, uh, or gain value on that investment. So I, I think he, for all the reasons you said, um, and he, let's be honest, he, he was a great college running back. If you watch any college football, watch LSU. I, I mean, 
Um, it just, just, you know, his pass catch ability, his elusiveness. Um, I know he's not the fastest guy in the world necessarily, but um, with that, with that Chiefs offense, I mean, just man, the sky's the limit. Um, but he's exciting, and and I, he's going to rise in value a little bit, it seems. Um, so uh, uh, we're both there at number three, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, what about number four? We might start to diverge a little bit here on uh, number four. I'm not sure. Yeah. For quick point on Clyde though, we saw a slightly slower running back break away from enough players on the chiefs uh, early in his career in Kareem hunt. So I don't think that that like just actual testing speed is going to matter when you have more space to operate in Tyree kill is still going to chase you down on that team. It's going to like, He's going to have a breakaway run or catch and Tyreek Hill is going to come from across the field and high five him going to the end zone. That's totally fine. You can still have some NFL speed there with, uh, with CEH. Nicole Hardman might as well, <laughs> but, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. It'll um, be hard to chase it <laughs> down from the bench. Yeah. Well, oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, anyway, I'm just like, anyway, anyway. Uh, uh, all right. Well, who's your number four? Do you want me to lead off on number four? So my number four, I'm actually going with another rookie, and I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor when he Ooh, was in sophomore season. So I, I looked at uh, one just a little bit with what Melvin Gordon did with Philip Rivers in uh, Los or it was uh, San Diego at the time, now Los Angeles, and I, I think that with the way that that Philip Rivers plays as a quarterback, I just think it can boost Jonathan Taylor's reception totals up a little bit more than what maybe we're like more than you know, you're more than, let's say, like 40 targets, maybe 45 targets, 50 targets. You know, he ends up with, let's say, 35, 40 catches. And that's going to boost his value up enough to where it comes close to CEH. I actually think there might be a debate next year going into this between these two, and I wouldn't be that surprised. Uh, so Melvin Gordon's rookie year, uh, he put up 33 catches with Philip Rivers. You remember Melvin Gordon's rookie year wasn't even that spectacular. Uh, Melvin Gordon's top, because they come from the same school, that's why I'm comparing these two backs. Uh, they have a lot of differences in other places as far as, like, overall size. But uh, anyway, so he had 33 catches in his rookie year, and his, his college career high was 19 in his senior season. So you've seen, uh, uh, you know, when you bring in an older quarterback, that it, they can really affect the offensive scheme. So I think Jonathan Taylor, his value in ADP, along with his athletic profile, college production, as long as Taylor – uh, either I mean if he booms hard he could be at the top of this list uh, or maybe not t- it would be tough but he, he could move ahead of CEH but uh, his he just needs to show a little bit in that receiving game with Philip Rivers that he can do it and I think four for me I feel pretty comfortable about that it's certainly possible um, you know he he's number 10 right now on the list so um, I've got him at six um, which is, I think he's certainly going to climb. I, I think the only question I have is just the receiving work that he's going to get. Uh, I think it's going to start the season. I think he will emerge. I mean, I think the first half of the year, it will be frustrating for owners because I do think Marlon Mack is going to get some play. Um, but, but even when Taylor takes over, which I anticipate will happen in the second half of the year, if not sooner, I, I do think maybe Naheen Himes will be just annoying enough where uh, maybe he won't get that, those receptions, but it, but it could happen. And absolutely, I think it's fair to rank him at number four. I, I mean, I, th- I think he's going to climb for sure. And, and maybe he's a guy that might be even a better investment because if he's number 10 right now, um, you know, if, if you in theory could, um, you know, like move a Nick Chubb, who's, who's a number eight for a Jonathan Taylor. Um, I don't know if you can make that move if someone would do that. But if you can move Chubb for Taylor, for example, well, I think you're going to be happy in a year. And, you know, and honestly, in the fantasy playoffs in 2020, um, you know, Taylor maybe put up bigger numbers than, than Chubb, who I also anticipate will have a big year. So, um, so I, I think, I think I like that call on Jonathan Taylor. I, I think it's, uh, um, it, you know, I, I think it's possible. I mean, you know, we're, we're pretty close, but. A quick note with Melvin Gordon too, like he only played over 50% of the snaps twice in his rookie year and still had those 33 catches. I mean, he missed, he missed three games. Uh, his, you know, he had a 51 and 61% snap share were his two highest. Everything else below that was below 50 and a lot of them well below 50. So I just think his, his field time and the way that the, the game flows. And again, what, what Philip, if, if Philip Rivers is healthy and in there, I just think that that's going to boost his dynasty value. Like I, I'm on board. Yeah, no, I, I, I love it. Um, 
so he's your number four. My number four was Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott. He's number four now. I, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to rise. I guess in theory he could, because I think he will have a good year, but I, I don't think he's going to decrease in value uh, unless he does something dumb, which we know, we know is possible with Ezekiel Elliott. But I, I just think that, his, you know, his situation is good. He's going to put up big numbers, um, you know, even after this year. Um, you know, Zeke right now is 25, he'll be 26. And maybe that will slip him down on people's boards. Um, but but, but I, I think Zeke's going to have a big enough year where people will still be ex- excited about him and he'll stay at number four. So I just couldn't slip Zeke down when I, when I looked at this list. Um, so that, that's, that's why, and maybe that's boring, but, but I feel pretty, I feel pretty confident, feel that that's pretty safe. That if you invest in Zeke now, you're going to get the same value out of him, you know, a year from now. Yeah, do, do you want me to go on Zeke or do you want me to wait? Um, it's up to you. You think it's better to wait or do you want to, you, uh, you know, I can share my number five. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go on Zeke. So I had Zeke at, at 10. Ooh, and wow, that's interesting. So I, I was trying to go along so, the lines of that, that running, younger running backs are becoming more valuable in startup ADP. So he'll be over 26. It'll be, it's like 26.1 at the start of next year. It's not like a big number over 26. And I think that he, he might still like there, there's more of a risk here for him to get drafted higher than this. But I think, I think there's an opportunity for these rookies to jump him. And then if, you know, if, if he doesn't have the seasons that he's had in the past, he's just been so consistent uh, year in year out. And he's been in the, the league quite a bit now. Uh, his, his startup spot, I think will still be, be high overall in drafts, but I, I don't know at this point, his market value is going to start to sag. And I think that could bring it down to, to kind of hit this mark. So he has like 1,420-ish touches through his career, playoffs included. Uh, and so if, if he stays healthy throughout next year, uh, his, his career high in total touches during the regular season was 380, 381, I think. So if, he, if let's say he doesn't hit that. But if he does, he hits that 1,800 touch mark. And we're starting to get scared. We're starting to see, you know, that, that, that kind of wear and tear – on an NFL running back, it may start to add up. And I think that there is a chance that all of a sudden the, the pinnacle of health can start to wear down and he's just not as effective as he used to be. And so this will catch up with his ADP in 2021. So what you're saying then based on the sector size is, is you think it would be smart to, you know, if you've got Zeke to try to go out and acquire Jonathan Taylor plus at this point. I, I don't think you, like, I, yeah, I just don't think you can right now. The, the rookie hype is so high. Yeah, probably not. I've, tra- probably. I've, tried, I've tried to move Zeke for Jonathan Taylor plus, and, and I can't. So, I, again, like I think his trade – again, as, as it is now, his, his ADP I don't think is reflective of his trade value. Yeah, that's probably fair. And, and I've noticed that one thing that's interesting about Zeke is that a lot of people in leagues have put him up. They put him up as trade bait, and they're trying to, to sell him. And maybe they're looking at and thinking this exact thing, that his value is going to slip. So – Although he may have a, a great year, um, you know, this is, this is probably the time where you might want to think about moving a player like Zeke. Um, what about like in terms of wide receivers? Well, um, if, if, if you think, you think Zeke is a, a seller, you just hold on to him and you just realize he's the type of guy that he might help you win championships next couple of years, but he's just going to decline into value. You just have to live with that. So in, in 2021, do I think a wide receiver will be drafted over him or now? I'm sorry, Will? Do you think in 2021 a wider – are you asking me if, like, I think a 2021 wider receiver will be drafted ahead of him or now? No, I'm sorry. I, I am asking if you think that he is a uh, – basically, I'm asking if you think he's a sell candidate. And if you can't get a running back for him, you know, is he a guy that you try to go I – mean, I'm looking actually at um, just overall ADP. He, went, he goes number four overall. Um, so – you could theoretically trade Zeke and maybe get Michael Thomas or something like that. So would you, would you send Zeke for Michael Thomas or Zeke for Devonte Adams and a little bit more or, 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 or what? Yeah, I would tell him for Adams a little bit more. Uh, I, 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 but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do like Michael Thomas straight up. I would trade any wide receiver for, for Zeke at this moment in time, just because the immediate year production, you want to try to win a championship. I think he still has a good year left in him. I just, I just think going into next year, I just have concerns about that, that overall workload. It's a, it's a lot. So yeah, 
he's so hard because I do own Zeke at like quite a few places and have tried to to capitalize on this kind of theory that maybe I can get 80% of his production this year from something plus something else. Yeah. And, and, and nobody wants it. So that's what we were talking about on our, our previous episode, Ryan, where I, maybe I'll go out and try to buy Zeke for a wide receiver combo. Yeah. I, it, it's just, it's just tough because each, each league's different, but the general perception is there's not a lot of buyers for Zeke right now. Yeah. It's interesting. And I, I think his past has something to do with that too. I, I, I you know, I, I, you know, you know, my mantra time and time again, I, I any, any players that have, um, you know, sh- shown the ability to get suspended for whatever reason, rightly or wrongly, it makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, yeah. You know, cause, cause, it just, just it, it makes us nervous, right? We, we, we've seen it time and time again where there's substitute use issues or just being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and, and those guys, they're all of a sudden their value can just tank if, if that happens. So, and you got to worry about the age thing and his usage. So you bring up good points. It makes me think that I, I maybe shouldn't have him ranked number, number four overall. But um, why don't we move on? I guess I'll go next with my number five. And... I had Josh Jacobs as my number five, um, which, might, which might be a little bit bold, but I, I think at the end of the day, um, I, I think that, you know, he, he's 22 years old, first round uh, pick. And I, I guess I'm optimistic that the, the Raiders are going to um, utilize him more in the passing game. Also, I, I read an interesting article the other day, which I referred to on the Patreon show. And if you're not a Patreon supporter, you can become one at patreon.com slash fantasy Joe's. Um, I, I read an article on the athletic the other day that talked about the Raiders offense and people forget that, that they had a pretty decent offense last year. And in this article, they actually projected the Raiders to be a, I believe a top 10 offense. So, um, you know, I, I think the Raiders might score a lot. And, and if, if he gets more passing work at his age, um, uh, Josh Jacobs is a guy that, that I'm interested in acquiring. And I, and I think, I think he could have a big year and take a leap forward. Um, and, you know, you know, this is tough, honestly. Well, when, when we get to like, you know, um, the next four guys, I mean, it's, it's kind of a toss up for me, uh, but, but I, I, with, with his age and with the usage, I think he's going to get with the Raiders offense, it's going to be better than I think most, most people realize. Um, I, I like Josh Jacobs at, at number five. So where do you where do you have Jacobs? I'm I'm curious. Yeah, so I, I also have Jacobs at, at number five. Ooh, but... this is amazing because we did not <laughs> we did not we did not look into those rankings or planning. I I kind of had a feeling I'd be higher than you on Jacobs. So that's that's interesting. No, uh, so I, I'm 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 pretty high on him. I think he gets credit for for playing uh, or for for being in games that he was hurt in and uh, didn't have you know his, his kind of like normal sh- snap share and workload last year. He didn't. He didn't necessarily light the world on fire with. He didn't have any receiving touchdowns last year, and I think that's one of the better part of his games. And you kind of saw it, and you saw the frustration. And I think Jacobs is a pretty elite talent. And again, being that that first round pick coming out of that draft class, and also just just producing last year, his his projection is easy for me to move him up here because he's going to be young. He's still going to be the bell cow. They're not going to invest heavily in the running back again there. They, they've tried to sign every single running back on the block, but they're all mere mortals compared to Josh Jacobs. And so I, I do think that, that we'll see him kind of, kind of creep up based on age and production this season. I've been trying to scoop up Josh Jacobs everywhere that I can. Yeah, I, I mean, what, what more is there to say? And we're, we're on the same page. I'm, I'm pretty pumped, Will, that we're – pretty much our top five were, you know, four or five together. Um, I already shared my number six, which um, is Jonathan Taylor for me. Um, who's your number six? So my number six is Nick Chubb. And this was a tough one for me. This was, it was a tough to come up with, with number six here, but one, Nick Chubb is eight right now. And he's coming off a year where you saw his receiving work kind of diminish with Kareem Hump coming into that offense. Uh, one, that the offensive line could be better in Cleveland this year they're going to through another coaching staff but it, it could kind of gel and he I mean he rushed for what was it like 1,475 yards last year yeah I don't have it in front it, of me but yeah it, big numbers it, and it, it this was said on the on the road of his podcast is it was like the quietest 1,400 yard rushing season rushing season ever and I, that's not the end of his game you see him make 
great catches. He he has hands. He, you know, he could be a weapon in the receiving game. And he also finishes a top, you know, a, a top like basically a top eight, if not higher, running back uh, in points per game in 2019. I don't think Kareem Hunt is an overall threat in the long term. So here's here's where I'm coming from. I, I think that Nick Chubb still produces great numbers this year. Yeah, he put up 1494 on the ground last year, almost 1500 yards rushing. And I think he still has a great year this year. Maybe he still finishes in that kind of like top eight-ish range. But then when Kareem Hunt is gone, it's going to boost his ADP up to six because he's going to have the backfield to himself. And it's, it's basically a three-year projection from his uh, 25. He's, he's almost 25 now, going to be 26. But uh, those years on. I, Nick Chubb is one of the, the best peer runners in the NFL and an underrated receiver in the NFL right now. Yeah, I think you know when you look at that that Cleveland offense. I think I I hope their offensive line is better. I, I don't think it can help but be better. Um, and Kevin Stefanski coming in, you know, I, I mean, if you looked at Viking offense last year, it ran through Dalvin Cook, and and I think that he's going to be the focal point of the offense. Although I, I do think I have some concerns with Cream Hunt being there and and Chubb not getting the the targets and not doing it enough in the passing game to. Uh, maybe elevate him because I, I think I think in Dynasty too. Um, I, I mean, I think on, on one hand you're right. If, if Cream Hunt goes someplace else, it gets people excited about Chubb, and they're like, "Oh wow, no, no one's in, in the way now." Um, Chubb is going to be elevated. But on the other hand, if Cream Hunt keeps his reception numbers down, just his very presence being there, people might look at that number and and be afraid to to, to elevate him to number six. I mean, I, I think I'm fine with your ranking because because in this range, this like kind of four to eight range for me. These guys are pretty darn close, but um, I think that's what's holding me back. I, I've got Chubb a little bit lower than you do. I've got him at number eight. So, yeah. um, and, and if, he, if he has less touches, but still great production next year, I think that that's good for his long-term yeah. you know, wear, wear and tear. Well, yeah, what, what about um, you know, his health coming into the league? Because um, I, I, if Emory serves, he has the, 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 you know, knee issues. Are, are you, are you worried about that in terms of valuing Nick Chubb that maybe he starts to break down? I am. And I think that there could be arthritis in that knee, but for this practice and, and going through this, what I wanted to do was just pretend that uh, Nick Chubb was like Frank Gore. I like it. <laughs> Let's hope. I love Nick Chubb. And um, I, I think that, you know, number, number six is, is solid. Um, I've got a member eight, but once again, in this kind of area of these, these rankings, it's, it's real close for these guys. Um, my number seven is a guy that we haven't mentioned and I'm curious where you have him. It's a guy that was, is the number three running back in current ADP. I, I've got him at seven though. It, it's, uh, it's Alvin Kamara. He is, um, he's, he's my number seven guy. I, I, I just think with him, uh, I mean, obviously he could have a, a monster year and the Saints resign him and, you know, he, he could, you know, remain where he is, if not climb a few, you know, maybe to, I don't know if he, he goes to one or two with, with CMC or Barkley, but he could certainly remain at number three. Uh, he may very well indeed have a monster year, but I am a little bit concerned ab- ab- about his long-term future that he, he doesn't have a long-term deal as of this recording to my knowledge he, uh, you know, was starting to, you know, he, he had some injuries last year. And, and I think one of the things that, I, that I've kind of worried about with him is that, you know, is, is he built to sustain the, the beating he's going to take the NFL? So um, also with that Saints offense, if, let's say he does get resigned by the Saints. Um, uh, Drew Brees decides to retire. Is that offense the same without Drew Brees? So I just have some concerns, and that's what slips him down my list. Um, he, he's probably a guy that might be a good candidate to sell because you could probably get a good return for him just based on the projection that he's going to have this year. Cause I think a lot of people think he's going to be a top three running back in 2020. So, um, well, what, what do you think? Number seven, um, you think that's a good place for, uh, uh, AK 41. Yeah. And, and so I don't, I also want to express that these ranks too, they're, they're not like ranking a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's going to be, uh, 26.2 at this point in time next year. And the fact that he got a little bit, you know, actually, I guess there was more severe than what he was saying. Uh, he clearly ran with a crutch 
on the field. Yeah. Maybe he was in a uh, you know one of those wonder wonder walk or not wonder walkers hover rounds, uh, running on the field. According to Alvin Kamara, that that basically one of his legs didn't work and he dragged along. <laughs> but uh, it's not it's not so having Alvin Kamara here at seven and I have him at nine. I I, I want to say that this isn't a. I'm not trying to say that they're bad and that they're they're going to be bad for fantasy next year. I think that the the way the running back position is working and the talent that we've had come in, especially in this year, I'm willing to take the risk and elevate them in my projections for next year's ADP above some of these players. So when it comes to fantasy points, I still think Alvin Kamara could be a monster producer and in a redraft still be drafted very highly. But I think in dynasty uh, with his age and with the potential like move on, you know, moving on from Drew Brees, maybe he plays in there, but he probably doesn't. Uh, there is more risk in dynasty. So that's why I moved him down to number nine. Like long story short, Alvin Kamara is a great player, still going to produce fantasy points for the next few years. But when it comes to running back ADP, I think these guys, the other guys are going to be boosted above them. Everybody loves young running backs. You want running backs in the rookie contract. That's when right. They're play, when they're playing all the snaps. That's right. That's right. Um, so it was where essentially we have the same concerns. Obviously, and I kind of think he's going to have a monster season, assuming health in, in 2020, but, but we, we shall see. Um, who, who did you have at number seven, Will? Uh, I, put, I put J.K. Dobbins there. This is my, I feel like, Ooh. biggest. Well, I, I, might, I might have one well, more riskier, riskier I, pick. I like but, it. Well, well I, I, yeah, so talk about Dobbins. I, I have him at nine, so we basically swapped these two running backs. So um, t- talk about J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, so he is just a, you know an elite producer coming out of college. He is is very athletic, according to Ohio State's like testing board. Because he didn't work out the at the combine. He is a little bit, I guess, like smaller compared to some bell cow backs. But this is being drafted highly to an offense where I think the running, like even if he plays, you know, fifty five percent of the snaps, that's that's going to be just a monster producer coming towards the end of this season. And I think he bumps up with that Baltimore offense and what they're doing. He, he has pass catching chops. Uh, he's, he's a great and explosive runner. If he picks up the NFL quickly, uh, I was, I'm willing to take the risk that I'm, I want to put J.K. Doppins up here with the, the age, the production coming from this 2020 season, assuming it happens and everything like that. And then Baltimore still being a prolific offense moving into 2021. I don't think things are going to change much there with their running game and what they're doing when it comes to their running back production. So I think, I think Dobbins has a chance to rise up pretty high. And again, when you look at ADP, youth matters, matters to this when we look at dynasty drafts. So I wanted to bump Dobbins up and I ended up at seven. I, I like it. And I, I have him at nine and I might've had him higher, but, but I, I, I don't know how, um, you know, what his numbers will look like in 2020. But um, I think Mark Ingram, I, you know, he probably will take over Mark Ingram at some point this year. Um, but, but even if he doesn't play at all, Will, I mean, even let's say Mark Ingram gets all the run and he, he plays very little. Um, I, I think still the excitement will be there where he's going to elevate into, you know, number seven, eight, nine, this range, because, um, you know, that, that offense is elite. And I think that they're going to continue to be elite. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Probably do for some some touchdown regression, but you know the league. I don't think you know. I, I know the Titans. You know had an amazing performance against the, the Ravens, but but I I think the Ravens are going to come back, and I, I think that um, it's kind of like Kansas City Chiefs. I, I just think there are so many weapons that even though the league knows what they're going to do, I don't know that they're going to be able to completely slow down that offense. So I, I think that um, Dobbins, with his talent with, with within that offense, um, you know what's not to like. So. Um, I, I, I think he, he's an interesting guy, um, to acquire. And if you look at where he's going now, I mean, once again, you're right. It's, it's hard to acquire these, these rookie running backs. I, I mean, it would take some creativity, but you know, he's number, number 14 now in, in current ADP. So, um, you know, it, it might be smart to try to get him and acquire him because his value is probably going to rise. So I like the call. I like the boldness of putting him at number seven. That that's good. Yeah, this is uh, the, the ADP, you know. There's going to be hype around these guys, assuming the season happens. Like, Dobbins is going to have every opportunity there to to flash on whatever 
you know, snaps he's played. I mean, if he even has a hundred, like 120 carries or a hundred carries this year, yeah. moving into next year, I think that's going to like boost him up so high because his, his yards per carry is going to be through the roof, yeah. you know, his catches. And if he has any boom plays, which he's totally capable of, and that offense provides, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I just thought that, that he'll have the, you know, he, he's going to have the, the window shopping value that's going to be up here. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, my number eight is, is Nick Chubb, who we discussed already. Uh, so who's your number eight? So my, my number eight's Miles Sanders. And th- so this one was tough for me because I also really, really love Chris Harris's podcast. And they talk about Miles Sanders, although he produced well at the end of last season, he, he does have some, some core issues uh, with, with finding the, you know, the right gap in the offensive line and actually hitting the hole well. But that those are also fixable coming into the, the 2020 season and him adjusting to the speed in the NFL. He, didn't have, he wasn't like a four-year starter or a three-year starter in college coming out. There, there's a little bit of an adjustment period there. He has that backfield. Like he has a, a ton of opportunity. I was struggling whether or not to put him higher or lower than the rookies coming out of this season between him and Dobbins, you know, maybe even Jonathan Taylor, how the Eagles offense is all going to work out. So where, where I ended up with was, was kind of like a, a, a like I, w- I want to put him high enough where I think he'll be in ADP next year based on this year's workload, athleticism, you know, pass catching ability, everything like that. But I also, I, I, I really wanted to move him down. But, but here, Ryan, when it comes to ADP and what I think he'll do this year, uh, I guess eight, eight is where I have him. Yeah, what do, you think, looking, what do you think about Miles Sanders? I, I'm looking to see where I have him. Um, I, I, I just lost it because he is right now. Um, I, I put this on, on the show sheet in very small print. Why can't I not find his name? Okay, he's number 11 right right now. Um, I, I did not rank him um, in in my top 12. Yeah, I mean, he's probably just, just outside for me. Um, I, I guess I have some concerns about the – Eagles offense, um, which may sound silly, but um, with um, you know the, the wide receiver depth charts a little bit <laughs> muddied there, um, I, I think they have potential to be really exciting offense. So I, I don't know. I, I think they're just guys that I like more. I guess I'm suggesting he's going to slip in value, which which probably doesn't happen. Um, and maybe I should rethink these rankings. But um, I like Miles Sanders, but I think Miles Sanders for me is a guy that. I, I don't necessarily want to go out and buy, but, but where I have him, I'm holding him. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe I should have had, you know, I guess if, if I have to do this over again, cause I, cause I, you'll, you'll spoiler alert. I, I put a couple of rookies in my last two spots here in the top 12, but if I were to do it again, I might just leave him up, up where he is at number 11, but he certainly could rise. I mean, that's, that's certainly a possibility. <laughs> uh, but I think that, I think you're right. I, I think he, that he has some holes in his game and, and I have some questions about the Eagles offense and that's enough for me to not want to be too excited about Miles Sanders, but, but I'm, I think I'm in the minority. I think most people are more excited about him than I am for whatever yeah. reason. And another part of it too, is, as I was looking through it is at his, his age next year, he'll be 24.4 versus 23.4. So he's kind of an older rookie coming in too, for what it's worth. But I think that's what I was really struggling with was like, when it comes to ADP in a dynasty startup draft, do I think Miles Sanders will be put ahead of the guys that are older? So now we potentially have workload concerns with Zeke overall in his career. Kamara, uh, you know, it, it, we could bring up more questions for the future for him. So I was like, okay, this is where I want to be trying to think about the, the mind of dynasty startup drafts and what you're picking. And with Miles Sanders, I, I, I just feel like he's going to have every opportunity to, to succeed or fail this year. And I think he's going to succeed, but not at the level where I wanted to boost him into that, you know, still first round ADP in a dynasty superflex draft. And I think anything above basically like five and above, maybe, maybe even like seven and above is going to be in the first round next year. Yeah. Um, Shall shall we move on? I I mean, we, we talked about our number nines already. Um, uh, You know, for, for me, it's Dobbins for you. It's, it's AK 41. Um, so, um, n- number 10, do you want me to go with my number 10? Yeah. So I've got DeAndre Swift at number 10. Uh, he's number 15 right now. And 
I'm just, you know, I'm just starting to get more and more excited about, about Swift. Um, you know, g- going into the, this process before the draft, you know, he was the number one guy for, for a lot of people. Um, you know, then he got drafted as the number two running back overall, you know, he went to the lions. And I, I think that people were kind of looking at carry Johnson there and, and a little bit nervous, but, but I think the lines are going to use Swift a lot. I think he's going to be the main running back of that backfield. And, and I think he's an exciting player and I, I think he's going to have a great year. I think that lions offense is going to be good. And I, and I just think he's going to rise in, in value to, um, you know, from 15 to 10. So I, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about Swift. Another, once again, another rookie running back, um, so, so I, I do think his value is going to rise, um, you know, going into 2021. So I don't know, I don't know there's much more to, to say about Swift. I just, I don't think there's anything, I, I, I think that's, you know, people look at the Detroit and, and, and maybe look at their, their history recently, but Detroit, I, I think has potential to be a really high powered offense. And, mm-hmm. and I think Swift is going to be a beneficiary of that. Will. so, and, and he does it all. So he's going to be able to catch the ball. Uh, you, can, you know, he's, he's just a, all around great player. So I, I really like him at number 10. And frankly, he could, he could probably rise a little higher if he has a good year. So, so Ryan, I put Swift at thir- 13 in, in my right as I was going through this. And it, it was mainly because he was the rookie this year. I was least comfortable with putting in like the, the, the top 10 or top 12. And so I wanted to make sure that I wasn't just boosting all these rookies and riding the hype train into what they what they can do this year. Yeah. He was kind of the odd man out uh, in, in my top 12. I do think that in 2022, as we look back on this, that I, I will have his his projection higher. But I think moving into next year, uh, you know, with the way that the, the the backfield could work there and the way Swift integrates in the NFL, he's also, I mean, his, he just has so many elite traits, though. If he ends up replacing – you know, if he moves up to like number four or even number three on this list next year, I'm not going to be overly surprised. Yeah, he has that potential for sure. What, what, who do you have at number ten? Uh, so number ten was was Zeke for me. Oh, that's right. We we okay. Yeah. Uh, so what about your number eleven? What? So Ryan, we have the same number eleven. No way. It's Travis Etienne. Yes. I think he may. I think he's going to be the lone running back next year coming out with first round draft capital. And I think that boosts you basically into the top 11 running backs. You think and, he's going to the first round, huh? Yeah, I do. No, it's fair. I know. I, actually, I shouldn't say I think he's going to the first round. I just think he has the highest potential to be the uh, first round running back next year. And if the rookie is there, you know, assuming the NFL season goes off this year and these other rookies produce well and they're being boosted up to these spots, Travis is in, is if, when he's the first overall running back taken in the NFL draft, that's a, that's a big boost to him. Yeah, and you know he he is so um, so fast and an explosive player. He's put up monster numbers at, at Clemson, as is probably most of listeners. Ridiculous know. numbers. Yeah, you, you, just ridiculous. Yeah, you, you you've seen him play. I, I don't know that we need to talk about his college production, but um, you know you know maybe he has some work to do in the receiving game. But you know he he had a uh, you know career high thirty seven receptions last year in in twenty nineteen and. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he is the clearly the number one running back in this uh, in, the, in this twenty twenty one rookie class. Um, we we may not get to see him again because uh, you know as of this recording, the, the Big Ten and, and, and Pac twelve have you know postponed college football to the spring. I, I, <laughs> I would think the power yeah I would think the power five schools are going to do the same. And these guys that are going to get drafted are going to opt out. They're not they're with, with the draft process. Uh, if you read the tea leaves, the NFL doesn't they don't want to move the timeline so. If you're, you know, you're going to get ready for the draft. You're not going to go play spring ball if you're, if you're Travis Etienne, that's for sure. So, um, so yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's, he's super fast. I mean, he's, he's exciting. I, I think this is a good call. I think what's going to happen with him is he's going to get drafted uh, to a situation people will be excited about. And, and people know, saw him in college multiple times, played for multiple national championships. Yeah, I like it. Um, uh, I think we're, we're spot on with, with our number 11 pick. Um, so that brings us to our final player to discuss. Um, I, I know we're not the same. Um, my, mine is, I'm curious where you have this guy. Cause I got Chubba Hubbard is, um, um, my, my number 12 guy. 
Um, and, and mainly because I wanted to talk about him because I, I feel like he doesn't necessarily get um, as much hype as, as, as Travis Etienne, for example. But, but he had a monster year last year. He's also blazing fast. Um, uh, you know, decent, you know, 23 receptions in 2019. So he can also catch the ball a little bit. Um, but man, Will, I mean, you know, over 2,000 yards and, and 21 touchdowns on the ground for Oklahoma State. So um, I, I, I think he's a really, really good running back. I, I think also he has the potential to be drafted to a team that needs a running back and um, people will get excited about him. So it, it's a little bit bold, but, but I just wanted to, I thought it was worth mentioning him. Um, Cause I don't think he's that far behind ETN. I think ETN's certainly number one, but Hubbard for me is, uh, is, is, is pretty close. So I've got it as my number 12 guy. Yeah. And I think Hubbard's like the, the running back class for next year is just, I'm just not that excited about it, Ryan. Uh, it's Hubbard in, like Etienne is it. What about Najee Harris? No, he, he went uh, like he. I don't know if he'd have been that that highly drafted this year, and then he went back to school. I, I just don't. The way that these guys are produced, these two compared to the rest of the class, I, I just don't see a, a lot of like. There's not a lot of excitement coming into that, so I didn't want to put these guys too high. Like I think Najee Harris is fine, but I don't think Najee Harris is going to be this, you know, like perennial starter on your fantasy team for year and you're out at this moment. Uh, that, that's kind of where I am with him now. He's he's a big dude though. You like these guys, six two two thirty. He's a monster man, um, as as you well know. So uh, I'm not as excited about him either. And I think he should have um, gone pro this year. But um, um, yeah, yeah, every college cool. player that could have should have gone pro if they knew they were going to be drafted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So who's your number twelve? So this was a really really tough decision, Ryan. Because one like. I, I, you know, I don't have John Dre Switch in here. I don't have Cam Akers. Uh, Dalvin Cook has too many – has enough injuries in his past, potential, like, you know, you know soft tissue problems or, or, you know, joint issues, uh, you know, separation stuff. Like, if he gets hurt, he can fall out really easy. I, I wasn't ready to put Dalvin Cook in here. Plus, he's going to be over 26. Yeah. Uh, Derek Henry, I think, will fall out because he's already 26. Austin Eckler was another guy that I think will still be up there in the running back drafting in the future. And so where I ended up, Ryan, this was a really, really tough decision, but I ended with, I ended with Joe Mixon. So Joe Mixon has, has, you know, one of the things about him is he always looks great. He is a very skilled and amazing running back. The, the problem with, with Joe Mixon's hype train that's going on right now and moving forward is Joe Mixon just hasn't done it yet. He's been in the year three league. He's been in the league three years, going to his fourth year. And last year, his production was just so boosted by week seventeen. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when they look like, oh, this you know this player ended at running back X, and then you go and look at exactly what they've done, and that their biggest game came in week seventeen. So he just had a massive game then. So if you look at just week one through sixteen, Ryan, my favorite, uh, he was running back twenty three in points per game. And that's when you take out West Hills, of course, because he put out a six one game uh, at, at just <laughs> right. basically 13 points in full PPR. So a 13 point per game running back when he, it would, you know, he controlled that backfield. Yeah. The team wasn't very good, but um, you know, the, the Panthers weren't, weren't very good either. So I think at some point there's just, you know, you know, what he, what he can do, what does he, he could boom this year and, and move up this list very quickly. That's why I wanted to keep him in my top 12 is he's like my, my safety pick, but I just have concerns about Joe Mixon's future. But I do think, again, this is one where I wanted to keep him in the top 12 so that when we look at back at this next year, that I'm not that far off on Joe Mixon. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he was his only consideration for me. I, I think, you know, it, it, he, he's an interesting guy. And, you know, if, if he, if that, that offense takes a step forward, he, um, you know, re-signs with, with Cincinnati, I, I think that he, he could be a climber, right? I, I mean, he's, he, he certainly uh, has the potential to do that. So, but, but he, didn't, he didn't crack the top 12 for me, but I, I, think, I think you're spot on. I mean, for me, he's, he's probably right there, a couple st- spots behind. But, but um, I, I th- just, just to kind of quickly close on a couple of things, Will, um, there are a couple of notable guys that we, we, didn't, uh, we didn't mention, like, like Dalvin Cook, and you, and you touched on it a little bit, um, I, I, I think we're on the same page with just with his, and I, I think in dynasty, we all have the same 
um, um, feel for Dalvin Cook, right? The same opinion that uh, it's just a matter of health, right? It's just a matter of health, and 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 the fact that he's you know with with the Vikings, you know, do they do they resign Dalvin Cook? I mean, do they they've got Alexander Madison there who could step in and probably do decent for them? Or if there are some rumors that they're resigning Dalvin Cook, though. Yeah, yeah. In the Twin I, area. Yeah, you know, I've heard that they want to if if they can resign him for the right deal. So. Um, but even if they resign him, do you think that they resign? Let, let's say, let's say he has a year where he does not get hurt. He plays 16 games. He has a, um, a comparable year to what he had in 2019, and he gets resigned. Where, where do you think he ends up on this list? Uh, oh man, a comparable year to last year. And yeah, he still plays 14 games. Yeah, he's, he's moving up into the the top. He's probably like seven. He'll be just over 26 uh, if he stays healthy for a second year in a row, roughly, because he only played four, like 14 games last year. I think that that'll boost up people's belief in Dalvin Cook. The, yeah. what, I wish, what I wish would happen with Dalvin Cook, Ryan, is that he would just be traded to the Niners, uh, and then they would sign him to a contract that's worth all the values of their current running backs, and he would just crush it there. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot of incentive for that deal to happen, I'm sure, on, on both sides. <laughs> and that way, the Vikings don't pay a running back. As a as a you know as a Vikings fan, they don't they don't pay Dalvin Cook for his potential injury future. And clearly, the Niners don't care about injury history with Jerry Um. So we'll have to do this exercise. Uh, do you what what are the takeaways? Like, are are there after doing this? Are you like, wow, I've got to I've got to go out and acquire this guy, or I've got to sell this guy? Do you, do you do, when you did this? Did you did you feel like like you, you took something out of it that, that you want to, now you're, you're working, trying to work some deals in some leagues that you're in. Yeah. I, I took out of it that uh, I, I sold Josh Jacobs probably too cheaply uh, in one league. Uh, I, I want to go and try to figure out if I, if I can find a Nick Chubb owner that, that is more worried about cream hunt than I am uh, overall. The, the other, like the Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, Jake Adams, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, they're the rookies are so hard to acquire right now. Uh, I might I might go out and put some offers, but there's not going to be much uh, anywhere. I own Kamara and Zeke. If I can move for one of those other players, then then plus something or or you know maybe a draft pick. I'm I'm interested in that. But at the end of the day, it's just that the the running back landscape right now and moving to next year, Ryan, when it comes to like yearly fantasy scoring, might be a lot deeper, and I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah, I, I think for me, what, what I realized is a guy that did not end up on my list, um, uh, Cam Akers, who who I acquired in a lot of a lot of rookie drafts. Fortunately, you know, I because when, when I thought about like what could happen this year, I think of all the these these top five rookie running backs that were taken. I don't know what kind of year he's going to have in, in Los Angeles. I'm a little bit worried about the Rams' offense and and their offensive line in particular. So. I, I think in in hindsight, I think that where I took Acres over over Swift because that was my decision in a lot of leagues that maybe I should have taken Swift. Um, but but you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, but but because I do think that Swift has a, a higher potential to rise in value uh, this year than than Acres. I, I mean I think Acres could obviously he's very talented. He could have a great year. I just don't know. I just don't know about that Rams offense. I know they've got the pieces, but you know Jared Goff. I think we've seen over the past couple of years. I, I just you know, he's not that great of an NFL quarterback. Maybe he's average. Um, so, uh, you know, you know, so maybe acres is a guy that as the season goes on, um, you know, it might, maybe he'll dip in value and, and, and you can get him cheap. And, and maybe in, in 2022, we'll be talking about Cam Akers. So, um, and also, as you point out that if, if you can get some of these rookie running backs, um, in a decent deal now might be the time to do it because because it looks like a lot of them we think they're going to rise in value that said as you point out it's real hard to do it um but there may be opportunities during the year you know you know maybe someone has a uh has an injury and they miss some time and and you you could get a deal done so um so yeah it was a fun exercise though for sure and and you're right it's exciting to look at the running back landscape now versus um you know how, how it was let's say three four years ago because there's a lot of guys that could could blow up and, and move up into yeah. 
the rankings. So this was fun. And there's there's so much more information out there too. And it just to me seems like age is playing a bigger factor than it ever has. So I was, I was trying to play into that for these ADPs. One thing Ryan, I really is too, that I wanted to bring up at the very end here is where's your cutoff for where you wouldn't trade uh, basically Michael Thomas for one of these players, like the number one dynasty wide receiver. Where's your cutoff for where you wouldn't trade that player for them? Uh, let's say that this season you you don't worry about fantasy points this season, but next season. Oh wow, that's a great question. Let's go, uh, let's go full PPR. I mean, super flex whatever is really important here, but you you don't have like a huge starting wide receiver, you know, necessity. You're not you don't have to start like three or four. Like there's more flex spots, things like that. Oh wow, so we're looking at, we're we're looking at 2021. What like our our projected well as, as in you weren't worried about this year's production for or, or, or like so, 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 like so, like you got a rebuild or something you got michael thomas in the team well or, yeah or if if or if you wanted the the ceiling yeah let's go let's go rebuild like where would you where would your cap be because obviously you're going to trade michael thomas for barkley christian mccaffrey i think ceh is a very interesting question because we think he's number three next year uh jonathan taylor again should be interesting jacobs like Chubb, Dobbin, Sanders, uh, like Kamara, I trade Michael Thomas for Zeke, I trade Michael Thomas for. Uh, I, I I do think though with with Michael Thomas that uh, that you don't want to sell him too short because you know, I I know that startup ADP doesn't necessarily correlate to actual trade values, but he's still the number one running back or wide receiver off the board. He's still number six overall, so. You know, if I'm going to trade Michael Thomas, obviously I'd trade him straight up for, you know, the, the top three guys that we named and, and probably Zeke as well. Um, you know, but, but after that, I, I do want to get a little little bit back, you know, because I, I, I still think his value is his value. Um, and, and, you know, he's still a wide receiver, younger, should, should have value. So, so I don't know. I want to be careful. I, I, so I, I think probably outside, like, my top four guys, um, well, maybe, I know Josh Jacobs, I'd probably do it. Um, maybe Jonathan Taylor, I'd do it. So I think it's the top six guys on my list. I'd, I'd probably, I'd try to get something else thrown in, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if, if I could just get that player, which we're, we're talking Saquon, CMC, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, Zeke, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, I, I'd, you know, it, 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 if the situation is I'm rebuilding, I'd probably trade them straight up for those guys. But after that, I would, I don't know. I'd hesitate. What more? Yeah, because the the first two are obvious. I think Edward Slayer is a little bit out there, but I think that's interesting. I think yeah, I, I, he's pretty he's pretty far down here. I guess I don't know. Well, uh, we should talk about that next time and look more into it when we talk about like wide receivers or quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. There's so much to do and, and talk about. This was a fun fun uh, fun exercise, and we'll we'll continue this with wide receivers, quarterbacks, maybe even tight ends. I, I don't know if we're going to go that far, but um, well, the two minute warning, final thoughts, any, anything you want to uh, mention before we, we uh, end the show? Yeah. I was, I was going through my rankings. It was, it was really hard not to put Ryan Nall or Quadri Olsen up here. I think they're going to have big boob seasons. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. Um, I just want to say um, as we're closing, um, just quickly mention a, a, a shout out to our Welcome Everything is Fine League and, and John Bosch, our amazing commissioner of that league. So Will and I uh, last night did a, a live auction, uh, free agent auction. It, this is a salary cap contract league. And I just have to say, well, number one, we, we've, we've talked about this a lot. We've had dedicated shows dedicated to the auction format. And I know it's not necessarily um, everyone's favorite, but I, I think it's a unique experience. If you're not in any auction leagues, you should at least be in one, I think. Try it out. Maybe it's not for you, but but check it out. And then the live auction, which I'd never done before, was just a blast. I just had so much fun. It was it was good times. We we did it over uh, uh you know uh, online, of course. So that was good times. So just want to throw that out there. Um you know, get outside of your comfort zone, try new things. Um, you know, whether it's auctions or IDP leagues. I'll put a plug in for IDP leagues. Um, um, I'm in the IDP guys invitational right now. So I'll mention that. So they're, they're raising money for, <laughs> no, I, it's charity though. Autism speaks. So, um, you know, if, if, if it, I'll put that in the show notes, if you want to donate, 
they're trying to reach their goal. They're very close. If you got a couple dollars, anything would help. That would be awesome. Uh, that's been fun. So just, just try new things, auction leagues, IDP leagues, whatever. Get outside of your comfort zone. It's fun. You'll learn some things. It's good times. But um, with that, well, I think that's the show. So um, we are the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. Uh, Will is on Twitter. He is FantasyJoe underscore Will. Um, I am at Red Librarian. On behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joe. Fantasy Joe. Where the Fantasy Joe's?